You are listening to Infinite Beat on Radio Valencia, and this is your host, Topazu. And right now, you're listening to a new one from Lavender. This is uh, Horizons Beneath the Surface. This is a new cassette release that he has on Jack Tone, once again, uh, here in San Francisco. And it is spectacular. It's just a really great release, definitely an extension from his last one, and I highly recommend it. Uh, I picked up my copy at Final Dreams, um, so you can definitely pick up a copy of yours there. They are also having their three-year anniversary today, and I stopped by, because I actually live right by them, and they said they are partying until midnight, which is insane. Um, It's going to be really fun. Super exciting. They have a, a huge roster of awesome, awesome DJs. Definitely recommend checking it out uh, at Final Dreams today. Happy birthday. And uh, that being said, I have a very special guest here with me today. Uh, you may know him as uh, a member of Inhalt. Um, he was also responsible for The Compound, which uh, was a really awesome space, throwing fantastic shows for many, 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 many years. And he is also a very accomplished producer himself. I have Brian Gibbs here in the studio. Hello. How are you doing? Great, great. You can sit next to a little closer to Mike. How's that? Very nice. Thank you. Right. Get my radio voice on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good. Um, well, thank you for coming well, into the studio. Thanks for inviting me. I Absolutely. really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's cool to come out and talk and play some music. Yeah, we've, I've been talking his ear off right before the <laughs> show, too. We actually had a pre-interview interview, and then we're just going to kind of rehash the important parts. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was, you know, it was just really exciting to be able to have you in the studio. Thank you. Um, so... Uh, I know that a lot of people know you from from the Inhalt project. Sure. Um, so, how did you kind of get involved with with Philip and Matthias um, with that well, particular project? I've known Matthias for a long oh, time. Matthias, excuse me. Yeah, um, he used to come and bug me at the music shop I worked in in, in <laughs> Moran. <laughs> he asked me like, "What's MIDI?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we got along really well, and awesome. And, um, we have kind of a long history. Uh, yeah, you, you guys have been friends for very, very for an extremely long time. Yeah, yes? like fifteen years. That's so, <laughs> for a long time. Wonderful. Um, but we did a, a, a band project that first called um, Red Youth, and that was kind of my first band project for real. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we, I think we got out of the bedroom once, and there was it was a four piece. We actually had Tyler from Lumarians who plays guitar for <gasps> singing awesome. for us. Yeah. And, two of their members and uh, Barrett from Ketabatic actually booked us for our first show. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I think that was our only show. Everybody stays in the family. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, years go go by and and I did a lot more studio work and, and um, I worked for Recombinant Media Labs and Aspinall Records for a while and did mm-hmm. um, the RML project that was on Brandon Street and what was engineering for them and mm-hmm. Then uh, Tia had gone to London and came back um, and said, hey, I, 
I have this guy Philip, you need to meet him, and he's a really great singer. And what do you think about these songs? And it kind of went from there. So, and it was really exciting to be a part of that and help them get going. And I'm excited that they're they're successful and and are keep releasing. And I think uh, they just put out a new record uh, from Part Time Punk Sessions. So congratulations, gentlemen. That's fantastic. Very cool. Yeah, yeah very very cool. And. Um the compound was a was a uh, sort of creative space that had a lot of really fantastic parties. Um, I believe the doors were closed for that particular space in 2011. Something, something it was like that. something like that. I remember, no, I think it was 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was involved again through through uh, our my people at RML and Not Human mm-hmm. and. Um, that place was really my living room for for quite a number of years, <laughs> and what I find absolutely fantastic about it is I can travel around the world, and I will bump into somebody who's been to the compound, and they usually have an amazing story they need to tell me, which is like that was my first rave ever, and now they're the headlining DJ at a big party, or you know I met my husband or my wife there. Oh wow! And it's it's insane that it had such an impact on the San Francisco music scene and I don't think you know anybody at the time really knew what it was doing but you know and I would talk to artists and they were like that's the one place in America we want to play wow and I was like whoa (laughs) really (laughs) cool and it definitely seems to have a bit of an influence with the underground scene you know as we continue you know there's this sort of new young explosion of um, producers and spaces, especially in Oakland, that seem to they, echo a lot of influence. Yeah, they want to bring back. I think there was a very intimate vibe there. I don't like that word, but there was a, a real feeling there of you're kind of with like 300 of your closest friends. Yeah, it wasn't a big space. It wasn't. It was really, if you saw it during the day and were there at night, you wouldn't believe you were in the same room. Because you're like, I can't believe we were all in this one little space. Mm-hmm. And it it kind of had that. But it it there was a certain thing. And it was an experiment that, was, that I tried, which was, I want to put the performer in the middle of the room. I don't particularly want them off in a corner and what happens. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting to see how performer and audience were very connected mm-hmm. and there was no escaping people's eyes on you as a performer and I think that's really very curious because mm-hmm. there's also an immediate feedback you know you're not blocked off by you know a stage or a booth or something like that you're with everybody so mm-hmm. you're having as much fun as everybody else on the floor and and hopefully the people on the floor are having as much fun as you and, and there's a certain like conversation that can happen and I really appreciated that that was very cool (laughs) Um, and before the show our our, you know pre interview warm up (laughs) um, we were talking about how you started DJing first before before becoming a a producer and also sound engineer and recording and and doing all the things that you have been now how how has DJing influenced you as a producer? Because I can imagine, you know, 
I talked to a lot of friends who who started producing first, and they're making music. They're musicians first and foremost, and then they start DJing, and how that sort of changes the dynamic of of how they think about how they think about music. Whereas, like with you, it's the reverse. It's like I started DJing first, and then I started getting into production, and I started doing other things and and recording other people. How do you think that that has like transcended, you know, between those kinds of I think you know, mediums. part of it is is um, trying to understand a little bit the audience and what the release is for, hmm. and it and this has been actually a very interesting question because this has been echoing lately because the DJing is its own sort of um, aesthetic, and whether it's house or techno or, or whatever, um, there's kind of a little bit of a I don't want to say formula, but there is kind of a, a, a pattern or patterns to follow mm-hmm. that are fairly normal in that genre. And mm-hmm. as a DJ, you kind of want to have those things. They're like, oh, this is DJ music. I want to make sure I have two minutes on the in, two minutes on the out, so the DJ can play with it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. When you're a songwriter, you're, you're often not thinking about that, you know, especially, and if you look at something like Inhalt, it wasn't really DJ formatted music right. very different that was very song based electronic music right in the very traditional verse chorus verse type song information so um when now writing again i'm finding that i want to do more dance floor oriented music and there's a certain pattern to follow hmm. and so it does influence and also found in engineering it's different there's a certain type of sound that you want to strive for and it may be a little bit different than what you would do if you're mixing a song and it's not just all the kick drum forward but you know a lot of songs you want to keep dynamics in and and you want to create a flow I guess as you engineer that relies on the format of the song and I find that with engineering for dance music stuff you're kind of engineering for sound systems and it's a very different Ah. mindset because it's like Mm -hmm. okay this is going to play on a big sound system it might snare drum might be great in a set of small speakers but if this is being played through a really powerful sound system this is going to cut my head off and it's not going to go over well in the dance floor people are going to get fatigued listening wise and so it it really starts to depend and you can start to pull okay what is the output of this track going to be interesting yeah it's definitely kind of um brought it in and i think also being and working in song formats it's influenced my djing Mm -hmm. because it's it's asked me to maybe do some real-time arrangements that are different than just playing song into song but where are the good parts of each track and how do i want to use that so they're all influencing it's becoming kind of a soup at this point Um, also speaking of productions Mm -hmm. and your productions, you are going to release, uh, you have a new release coming out. Yeah. First solo work and it's going to be released on Zeta Byte Records. Um, it comes out end of June, I think is what we're slating. It's a little fuzzy at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I had a really wonderful, talented person do a remix, David Last, who has quickly become friends, and we 
he just did an amazing job for me was so happy to do it and was like oh yeah I can work with this <laughs> which was like oh cool very cool yeah and I'm excited about it so we'll we'll do like a single original track and the David Last remix that is slated for June I will be pre- or I will be announcing that uh, as soon as it comes out for digital download a digital download we also had a conversation before the show about how We've grown up as vinyl purists for so long. Yes. And now now that we're old farts <laughs> and our backs are probably broken. The record um, bags too. Heavy. From those record bags. We have switched over to digital. Well, digital DJing is kind of an interesting thing and and I still love vinyl. I'll always advocate its merits and enjoy playing it. But I starting to see where the or I saw the light of where people were bringing digital DJing which is into this sort of again real time arrangement world where you can grab snippets and pieces to perform with and it becomes almost more performance oriented if you oh well, let me produce a little couple of loops too let me make some drum beats and bass lines and things that I want to use in my set here's tracks that I really like here's maybe songs that I can kind of sample and bring in becomes a very interesting uh, performance then and I'm finding that really worth exploring mm-hmm. you know? Very, the possibilities are truly endless with digital <laughs> we have to admit it is uh, plus I, I can only chase two turntables at once I tried to bring <laughs> in a third one and then I, I get confused <laughs> we are not Jeff Mills we, we are not <laughs> I'm, capable of I'm not I'm not gifted enough to do that so I <laughs> waited you know 15 years for the technology to catch up to my ideas and then here we are of course this has been good and then uh do you have any live performances coming up well i will be performing uh june 3rd at code word for the zeta bite one year anniversary uh, i'm very excited to be part of that and and zeta has been extremely supportive and uh got me on board was like i want you to play i need you to release a track like and she kind of got behind what i was doing and it made me really excited to to write and produce and release work again and you will be performing like live like i'm gonna i'll do my i'm going to do what i'm calling sort of my real-time arrangement set which is half djing half original materials mixed in very Awesome. Yeah, uh, and once again, that's happening in June. June 3rd at Code Work in San Francisco. June 3rd, Code Work. Yes. Okay. And uh, I know that there is also uh, another project that you're working on with Amber Cox, yes. who will be my next guest. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that nepotism? No. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's sort of like a couple's... I had a couple's block for there the you two I think. But, um, awesome. So you have another project with Amber as well. We're, we're working together on a project we're calling 21 Grams, which mm-hmm. is ambitious in the fact that we want to do uh, promotions, bring artists in, um, a record label, and we want to focus for the productions for the events is doing them in surround sound. So trying to find artists who we can work with, maybe not every event, but as, a, as something that we do is bring in somebody special for a live surround performance. And, and we're kind of 
talking to people who are very interested and we're looking right now at okay where can we actually do this because there's not a lot of spaces in san francisco set up for what we want to do um how do we do it trying to get the logistics of it done and but we're excited about about the the you know possibilities of what we can do and so it's coming along very ambitious but very exciting yes um, so if you'd like to know more about 21 Grams, uh, as soon as they release some more information, uh, I will also be talking about that awesome. on the show, <laughs> as well as posting that on our Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com slash infantbeast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can get the beat. Um, so I'm going to have Brian take over the show for the next hour and 20 minutes, about, about 20 minutes. Um, is there anything that you had in mind in terms of what you were going to play in your um, set? I wanted to kind of ride that line because I know that you and I have this joy of like dark wave and industrial and of things course. like that. <laughs> and we also like dance music. And I was trying to find something that would ride that line that I think is important to me and I think you would enjoy too and I think some of your listeners are going yeah you know, we want to know what that is and I think there's San Francisco is a great place right now for that type of music absolutely so it's on fire yeah. I <laughs> was looking for that kind of space to work in and that's what I brought today very exciting uh, you are listening to Infinite Beat I am Topazu you are about to listen to a live DJ set uh, digital DJ set uh, by Brian Gibbs. It will be fantastic. He will blow your mind. Stay tuned. Thank you.
Thank you.